everybody. Welcome to Hey Watch This. I am Paul Goebel. I'm Tom Frank. Tom Frank filling in for David Bax, who is, uh, I don't know, at Sundance or in some way involved with Sundance this week. Um, so uh, let's talk about what we did. Uh, anything new. I, I saw the movie Brooklyn. Have you seen that movie? I haven't yet. No. It's fantastic. Uh, it's not the kind of movie I would see because it's like one of those movies where nothing really happens. It's just a life, you know, but it's really well made, brilliantly acted. Brilliantly shot. Um, the get the guy from uh, Brit, what's his name? Dom Hall Gleason is that his name? He's in the new Star Wars. He was the redheaded guy, the ginger yeah, bad guy. I know, I know who you mean. You know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah. Well, he's in it. He's really good. He's, that's why I bring him up. I guess he's Brendan Gleason's son. You know, who Brendan Gleason is. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's his son. Um, but he's in it and he's great. So if you like, like I said, it's like a. Like one of those movies where nothing happens, but everything happens, you well, know? I mean, you're the king of TV, obviously. And, like, in TV, everything happens. Yes, it's just like so much plot. Minutes, yeah. You know, they just cram everything in here. Everything that you're seeing, you're seeing for a reason. It's right. moving something forward or three jokes a page. <laughs> and it all you know? resolves at the end. <laughs> so, like, you know, something, you know, art movies are more unpredictable than that. Yeah. You know, and they, they're, you know, you don't know what the tone is. Yeah. For something it reminds like that. Me, I mean, it's a period piece, obviously. But it reminded me a lot of Lost in Translation. Just, uh, just like you know, things happen. It's a it's a scene out of this person's life, and at the end they go on with their lives. It's I mean, not, Lost in Translation. Like I feel because it was shot in Japan. Like that did a lot of the heavy lifting. Absolutely. Of like you know making you or um what's his name uh, pain pain uh oh, you know yeah. um like election and. Uh, what was the movie where they're drinking wine? They're going on the road trip. Oh, yeah. Sideways? Sideways. Yeah. Like, so much of that, the location yeah, really just right. paints the picture for you and is a character in the movie. That's a good, uh, yes, that's a good uh, comparison. Sideways was good. But you know what I liked better? Up. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I also saw the show Second Chance. Did you watch that? I didn't. On Fox. It's like, it was originally called The Frankenstein Code, um, but they renamed it Second Chance. It's no good. Okay. Is bad. I want to find out what anyone else thought. And um, Shades of Blue. Have you, I'm sure you haven't watched this. With I have no, no. It's funny because the first episode sucks. And the whole time you're watching it going, gosh, she's so beautiful. Why doesn't she just go be a model? Yeah. She's the most beautiful cop in New York. You know, unlike other... Sh- I mean, I know that's the deal. Women on TV are beautiful. I get it. I watch Quantico and Blind Spot and all that. But in this one, she's just a cop in New York. Single mom, I think. What's the movie where Angelina Jolie is a cop? Skeleton something. Oh, the Bone Collector? Bone Collector. Yeah, I know right. there were bones in there somewhere. And she's, yes. Yeah, you're right. She's gorgeous. It's not just that she's pretty Angelina Jolie. She's yes. amazing. She's stunning. I did. That, that was one thing that I liked in Last Action Hero. Where they're just making yeah. fun of like the kids walking. Every woman is beautiful here. Yeah, you know? and all the cops. Yeah, they all have giant yeah. boobs. Yes, nah, that's funny that you said that. Um, but in the second episode of uh, Shades of Blue, it gets better because there's this scene between two black cops basically arguing what their job is. Mm-hmm. Like the one guy who's new, he says, hey, we're part of the community and we have a responsibility as black cops. Okay. And the other guy says, I don't care what color you are if you're dealing drugs on my street, blah, blah, blah. So I thought that was really interesting and had... Like, nothing to do with the rest of the show, but it was kind well, of I mean, well written. You know, there's a big sort of, you know, not controversy, but sort of discussion about colorblind casting. Yeah. And they're like, do you want colorblind casting? Do you not want colorblind casting? And, you know, some 
more PC people are saying, no, you don't want the casting to be colorblind. You want actual diversity where the characters are actually right. of the race and that's, and that's built into the script. Yeah. So, and don't, don't just make a guy black because you want to have a black guy on TV. And actually, we'll talk about that when we get to Agent Carter. Oh, sure. There's a black guy on it. Wow. Um, well, let's talk about the show. Well, what did you do? Anything new that's going on that you want to tell people about? Any new shows or movies or comic books you read or anything? Uh, you know, well, we're in January, and I want to say 2015 was a really good year for comic books, uh-huh. I felt. There was a bunch of stuff that I read that I really liked. Um, Matt Fractions and David Aha's Hawkeye run came to an end, um, and I thought it ended incredible. Um, some amazing art, some like really sort of low-key, you know, low-stakes storytelling mm-hmm. where they're not trying to save the world. You know, it's these Russian mobsters that they're after, you know, the, the tracksuits. And uh, <laughs> it, was, it was beautiful. There was a comic book that had its second issue came out after a four-year wait wow. called Non-Player. Um, and it's basically this guy who, I mean, the, the story of the comic book is this guy, Nate Simpson, who works in video games. In his spare time, he makes this comic book. Mm-hmm. And it's so meticulous and beautiful. But, That's you know, cool. he dealt with his life for four years to try and get the second issue done. And he, and he did, you know. He became injured. Um, there was, uh, you know, being geeks, uh, there's, uh, there was a, a failed pilot on um, comment, uh, a Cartoon Network called the Eltingville Club. Yeah, yeah. Which was based on Evan Dorkin's strip. Right. The Eltingville Science Fiction Horror Fantasy Role Playing Club. And he had talked about what the ending story was going to be in that for years, for decades. And he finally put it out. And it was beautiful. It was like it ends at Comic-Con years after the last story that we saw of them. Uh And we sort of see their their epilogue. And, you know, they're in San Diego. And there's just all of these panels of hundreds of Comic-Con goers. It was so really good stuff. I remember I saw that pilot I uh, because it was when – God. That was a million years ago when they made it that. Probably the late 90s would be my guess. Yeah, because I was on Beat the Geeks mm-hmm. at the time uh, when Andy Zachs, the music geek, told me about it. Yeah. He said, have you seen this cartoon? And I said, no, it sounds funny. And then one day I was scrolling on. I saw it was going to be on Adult Swim. Mm-hmm. So I recorded it and I told him, yeah, I saw it. It was really funny. The, the comic is so much funnier because yeah. they're so nasty. You know, it, it's weird because... I definitely feel like there's been sort of a geek makeover in the last 10 sure. years of kinder, you know, kinder, gentler geeks. The Hardwick you know, geeks. Yeah. And, and like these were the real old school, nasty, yeah, write death threats to, DC, to editors at DC geeks. Right, yeah. You know? Mean to each other geeks. Yes. That kind of stuff. Yeah, and like not, not very sympathetic. Yeah, I, and I, I thought, are there more episodes? And he's like, no, they only made one. I was very bummed, but... Uh, you can if you can find it, it's pretty funny. Um, I think it's it's got to be on. It's on yeah, YouTube. YouTube. Yeah, you can find yeah. it on YouTube. But the trade paperback with all of the stories, I believe, is coming out next month. I think the actual show is called Welcome to Eltingville. Yeah. So uh, look for that. All right, that's cool. Any anything else people should check out? Uh, think it's worth mentioning. Well, I do a show called Sketch Fighter, which you've participated in. And we're doing one February 3rd. Okay. Um, at the, the Comic Bug in Manhattan Beach. All and, right. And uh, it's sort of like a pre-Deadpool. It, it's basically uh, comedians and professional comic book artists playing like a geek, uh, you know, draw charades. Draw. For, yeah, Windlers yeah. or Draw thing. And we've got uh, Scott Koblish, who's the artist on Deadpool. And nice. we've got uh, Deadpool himself, an artist who's cosplaying as Deadpool playing. Sweet. 
Now, I did that uh, when on Free Comic Book Day last yes. year. Yep. And it was very fun. The best part was when I drew Mjolnir. Yes. I, and I just drew... I basically drew a long rectangle and a short rectangle. Yes. And... Your partner, Ralph Miranda. That's right. Yeah. And Ralph immediately got it. Yep. And everyone was mad. Yes. It was like, boo, the worst drawing ever. <laughs> yeah. But I, I clearly captured the essence of Mjolnir. Yes. I wasn't even done. I was going to put a little handle on the yeah. end. And I probably would have put lightning. But I, that, I had such a good time. So if you're in the Manhattan Beach area, definitely check that out. And we'll give you more information about it. All right. Let's talk about this DC's Legends of Tomorrow. Well, it's, it's weird. We're talking about this, and we're talking about Agent Carter. Yes. we got a Marvel show. we yeah. got a DC show. we yeah. got one set in the future and one set in the past. <laughs> yeah. So it's a good yin-yang. Yes, this. absolutely. And as we talked about, you know, that this week, both networks and both... It's like two different networks, two different production companies. So mm-hmm. it's DC and Marvel, which are owned by Warner Brothers and Disney. Yep. Uh, and, of course... The CW and ABC. So you got all three of those titans competing against each other this week. But what they're really promoting is Captain America: Civil War yeah. and um, Batman versus Superman, along with Suicide Squad and what was the third one they were promoting? Uh, oh, the Justice League movie. Right. Um, so and then they even talked about the Wonder Woman movie on the CW. So they had all these specials that are going head to head. Obviously, counter programming. Um, I find it funny, though, like you said, because when we were kids, I mean, you probably did this too, you argued what was better, Marvel or DC. Sure. And now it's like the world is involved in that. And, and it's just so like, you know, when you look at any sort of business model, what I like to say is what are the fries? You know, in terms of McDonald's doesn't make their money on their hamburgers. Right. Their big profit margins are the drinks and the fries. Right. So when you've got all of this stuff, like let's say you've got you know, Age of Ultron, which costs, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars. Mm -hmm. Like, and you've got these TV shows. I mean, both of these shows that we're talking about, Agent Carter, Legends of Tomorrow, a lot of money. I mean, you're seeing it on the screen. Like, that's impressive. one thing I'll say about both shows, because I wasn't a big fan of DC's Legends of Tomorrow, but it looked fascinating. It looked great. You know, and and something where you're going to pay the act, you know, we're talking about multiple seasons, you know, you've seen people before, actors get bumps in salary for each, you know, renewal thing. Mm -hmm. If it gets to a point where a show is losing money, you know, used to say like, okay, the the first run can lose money because we're going to make it back in syndication. There's like so much, uh, you know, franchise synergy going on where you can have shows that don't pencil out, Mm -hmm. but it's still worth it because like you, I'm not, you know, I don't know. I'm not an accountant. I haven't run the numbers. But both of these shows could just lose money and be commercials for the other things. Exactly. You know, and the movies could lose money and they could still make it back in the theme park rides or something. Yeah, that's you know? why. I mean, that's the whole point of, uh, uh, you know, business <coughs> is, uh, you, you, uh, you know, Disney accumulates all this stuff. And while one thing is losing money, maybe Agent Carter, nobody's watching it. And meanwhile, Star Wars did pretty well. Yeah. So they can afford to lose that. Also, like you said about like, I think that happened with um, Buffy uh, when it was on the WB. Early. Okay. They probably lost money on it, but it was a super cheap show to pr- produce anyways. When it got popular, obviously Sarah Michelle Gellar had to ask for more money. Right. And they had to give it to her. <laughs> but then they said, we can't afford this show anymore. And then UPN said, well, we'll buy it at a loss, and it'll make people buy our watch our network, which nobody is right. doing right now. 
So then, so that's how that kind of stuff splits. So yeah, you're right. I could see. Whereas you know these characters were all on Arrow and Flash before, right. but they got paid for that week they worked. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, they're getting paid uh, to be regulars, and in, some of them will have more or less to do each episode. I'm sure there will be some episodes where some characters aren't even there. Uh, it seems a little crowded. Well, I mean, yeah, it's it? crowded, but you, I mean, you figure out which is the breakout characters, and you give them more to do, yeah, and you leverage. I mean, that gives the the network leverage to fire actors or characters True, that they don't off. like. Yeah, you know, or even better, it gives the actor a chance to say, I'm, I hate this, I'm quitting. And they yeah. can easily write you out or replace you. In this case, you could easily be replaced by a different actor yeah. and say, yeah, he's the different, he's the what, the Earth 2 <laughs> Captain Cold. So, this is the, the Dick Sergeant uh, Captain Cold. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Honestly, at this point, who would care? Yeah. Who would really care? I'll say this. I was looking forward to, to Legends of Tomorrow. But I was really disappointed. Uh, it looked great, and it was fun to see all those characters. And I d- actually really like Arthur Darville. Is that his name? The guy from Doctor Who? Yeah. Like Rip Hunter? Yeah. I like him, but honestly, the rest I thought the rest... It was so poorly written. Yeah. The dialogue was so ham-fisted and corny that... Well, you got all these artificial arguments. Yes. Like, at the beginning, like, oh, we should get, be on this team. No, we shouldn't. And it just feels like like yeah. Rush Hour 2, where Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker are fighting with each other for no reason. Yes. Like, they're already friends. They're already working together. Yeah. This it's one. just like fake, you know, fake drama. Like, you yeah. really, you, you got to come up with actual drama. And that's, you know, it's tough for TV. Like, we are talking before. You don't have time to do anything. You got to make yeah. it interesting. Like, I remember feeling that way about Alias. It's just like, oh, well, we're going to stand over here and we're going to whisper about something. Right. And because we're whispering and we're playing this music, it's going to seem important and scary and dangerous. I was always like, just get to the kicking already on Alias. That's what I want to see. This is what I didn't like. Well, first, I like the fact that, Hunt, what's his name? Rip. I want to say Rip Hunter. That's not his name, right? I think it is. Is it? Oh, okay. Yeah. It sounds so corny. Yeah. But I like the fact that he just showed up with his gun and basically kidnapped them. Mm-hmm. He didn't. He knew he couldn't explain to them what the deal was and convince them to go along. So that saved time. But what I didn't like was all the, oh, come on, we don't want to be here. And I didn't like that he basically kidnapped the black kid. The one black superhero gets drugged by the old white man and yeah. then gets kidnapped by the other white man. Well, I thought that was really not cool. Well, I mean, I'll put up with that just uh-huh. because of sort of, you know, the, the torrent of political correctness that you'll get. Right. You know, with sh- I mean, you, you talk about um, colorblind casting and it does feel like everyone... You know, like Bill Maher used to make a joke about gangs that you would see on TV and movies where oh, they got right. representative of every... You know, Mexican guy and yeah. a black guy. And, and it's just Irish like the point guy. of gangs is to hate other people. Right. You know? <laughs> right. And um, so uh, well, th- that didn't bug me. Well, it's just like they'd lost me by the time he got drugged. Okay. You know? Well, now, let me ask you this. Did, did you watch Flash and Arrow and all that stuff before? Some, you know. Because Firestorm was a different guy earlier on in Arrow. It was... Uh, Robbie Amel, Stephen okay. Amel's brother, uh, who played what's he played the white kid? Who was the white Firestorm kid? It was the same old man, but uh, I can't remember his name. I want to say you're the king of TV. That's your job. <laughs> but it was the same guy from the comics, is my point. But they basically replaced him. Like he had to 
leave and go to do something else, and they replaced him with this black kid. They retconned this whole thing about, or is that from the comics? Was there another Firestorm? <sighs> I'm not sure. Yeah. See, the only again, the only Firestorm I know is from Challenge of the Super Friends or whatever that <laughs> last Super Friends movie was, or the last Super Friends cartoon. So I'm not familiar. But here's what the part, what I don't like about the show the most. They took all the characters from... Because I don't watch Arrow. That show takes itself way too fucking seriously yeah. for me. Which is why The Flash Th- This great. show kind of took itself a little seriously. Absolutely. I think they went way too far. Because The Flash, the it's corny as shit. But because they're constantly making fun of themselves, all, almost everybody on the show doesn't take themselves seriously. I can put up with it. Yeah. And it's fun. Whereas Arrow, it's, it's like... I don't know. they're always taking themselves too seriously. They took all the characters that I don't like from all these shows and put them on Legends of Tomorrow. I hate the Lance sisters. Mm -hmm. They could not be more boring characters, whether in their superhero persona or not. Um, The Captain Cold and and who's who's his buddy's name? The fire guy? Yeah, the (laughs) The the hot guy. guy, The hothead? Yeah. I, I like... Uh, Wentworth Miller as Captain Cold. He's awesome. And I like Dominic Purcell. I think he's a great actor too. But their characters are so one-dimensional and corny and... Yeah, well, when you get that many characters, you don't have time for yeah. a lot of dimension. But they say, "Oh, it's coming!" You know, it's coming. And I hate. And, and Dominic Purcell makes it clear. He's like, "I love to kill people." Oh, that's not a good thing to say. Yeah. We're supposed to embrace this character who says, "I like to kill people." So that so all that means is because he's not going to kill people. You know that. Yeah. What that means is every <laughs> he's going to kill people, there. and he'll turn out their robots yeah, after he's the fact. Kill nothing but robots. Yeah. He'll probably in every scene he's in, he'll pull his heat gun and someone will go hold on Mick that's what it's going to be every time <laughs> put it down Mick not today Mick uh, it, it's so he'll be like Worf yes I exactly. say we, I say we fight no we're not going to fight you yeah know? he's Worf without the honor is what he is <laughs> and then and then the, the hawk girl and hawk guy as gorgeous again as gorgeous as that girl is and I yeah. don't mind watching her uh, all day long She's not a good actress, and that's that that all their dialogue was horrible. Yeah. I hated it. Now, and I also find that whole going through time thing really boring. I like Vandal Savage as a bad yeah. guy, but the whole chasing them through time is that part of the Hawkman lore? Yes. Oh God, it seems really dumb to me. But you know, everything is execution dependent. Like they have that. Did you watch Justice League Unlimited, the cartoon? Yeah. Like there was, a, there was a whole thing where there was the love triangle with uh, Hawk Girl, Green Lantern, and right. a Hawk Man, you know. And he says, "I'm not going to be history's puppet, and I'm staying with Vixen and not right, Hawk right. Girl and stuff," you know, yeah. because historic, you know, generations before, and that felt really like sophisticated and Absolutely. deep to me. Whereas in this, it just Mark. feels like, uh, like they, they want the audience to jump through hoops. Yeah. It's, it, what, this is what it feels like. It feels like they're manipulating the nerds who watch the show by acting like they're not manipulating. By making it like, hey, we just made this for you guys. And if the regular person doesn't get it, well, then they're left out in the cold. It's like they want the nerds to feel special because they know all about all these characters. Which, you know, it's fine to pander to your core audience... But don't pretend you're not doing it. Don't pretend you're pandering by giving them what they want. You know what I mean? Don't well, pretend you're not pandering by giving people what they want. Because that's know, what pandering I mean, at the end of the day, it all comes down to story and character. 
You know? Yeah, I mean, right. you know, the, the other things are important. Like, I like continuity. I like... Like, I don't like reboots. I would rather you expand continuity with a sequel or a prequel mm-hmm. sure. than reboot something. Because, yeah. like, expanding continuity rewards you for being a fan. Reboots punish you for it. You know, yeah, all that stuff absolutely. that happened that you cared about, that never happened. And the stuff that you already know, we're going to tell it to you again. Yeah. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. It punishes you. And that's honestly, that's why I like this new Disney Marvel world. Whereas Spider-Man is, and Fantastic Four... They're still doing the same thing and making yeah. the same mistakes. Whereas with what's going on with the Avengers and S.H.I.E.L.D., I feel is, like you said, more sophisticated. And it's asking more of, your, of the fans to, you know, to pay attention. And, and, bring, and, and bringing back shit that, like, on S.H.I.E.L.D., you know, characters that I've never heard of before, like Mr. Jekyll. Yeah. And, you know, guys, or Mr. Hyde, rather. And, uh, and, and you know... All these, uh, what do they call them? Uh, immortals? Is that what they're called? From Shield? Yeah. What the 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 this whole like what's his name? Black Bolt and those guys. Inhumans. Inhumans. That's yeah. the word. Yeah. yeah. So so yeah, it's all about the world of the Inhumans, which you know was never in anything besides a comic. You know, there was no cartoon about it or show. So that's all interesting shit. And it's like you said, it rewards you for knowing about that. And in, in my case, I go and I look it up and I. Enjoy that. It just, just the DC thing seems like it's a little more for kids. Maybe that's maybe well. I mean, DC is trying, like with um, you know, Dawn of Justice that's coming out. Like everyone's in it. You know, yeah. they're like tr- trying to catch up. Whereas Marvel's, you know, I'm not saying that you take your time. And there was another thing too. Like they're making a GI Joe and Micronauts. Mo- you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. S- something else that's coming out, and they haven't made their own movies individually. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, together teaming up. But it, it, it's like more than that. There was like a, a whole bunch of you know properties that were going to come together. Yeah. Where it's like a crossover, and there's like they haven't even done the original movies for them yet. Well, maybe yeah. that's maybe we're better off just get to the good one right. if it's good. Well, now, could it be that um, the way DC and and uh, Warner Brothers looks at it because because unlike the Marvel universe, they use different. They DC has said TV and movies totally separate, yeah. have nothing to do with each other. Different actors, different stories, different tone, everything. Unlike the Avengers and Marvel and all that stuff, Haley Atwell was in right. Captain America and she's on the show. So, do you think it's possible that they're that they want the movies to be more adult and the shows to be more for children? More like simply written and easier, to, and so they can sell more toys that way too. Well, DC continuity is more complex than Marvel continuity. You know okay. that's why you yeah. Crisis on Infinite Earths yeah, in true. the '80s to try and straighten it all out. Yeah, um, right. and you know if you you can get you know messy faster in the DC universe than in the Marvel universe, yeah. and trying to explain too much and you know and pick and choose. So yeah. I understand. Like people who aren't experts on DC history, one is that just look, just keep them separate for now, you know? and <laughs> okay. that not being a bad call, yeah, you know, just across the board. That makes sense. Um, you know, you, if you they're mixing up the TV series, it's not like they're anti continuity, right? You right, know, expanding right. continuity. I mean, this the show that we're talking about, Legends of Tomorrow, is like huge crossover thing. Yeah, and yeah. The, and the movies are also crossing over, so they are sort of embracing that paradigm it's just a question 
uh, story characters. Are you liking them? You know, and That's there's more stuff. To. You know, acting huge, yeah, editing, right. music. Like I felt the music in Legends of Tomorrow was especially bad. Yeah. Yeah. Really trying to sell you on the drama of it rather than creating the loud. drama organically. Yeah, you know? it was fucking loud. Also. I mean, and you're right about the acting, and I guess that's what bothers me. You got Victor Garber, this classically trained actor. He was in Titanic. He's yeah. car- you know he's been on countless series. He's great. Next to that blonde girl playing Sarah Lance or whoever she is, yeah. she's just bad. She can kick great. That's, that's obviously why she got hired. But she's just a bad actress. There's no way getting around it. You know, uh, in both of these shows that we watched, uh-huh. have serious action sequences yes i don't like them really like like i I, i'm i'm not in love with hollywood action like Mm. um the editing is just so insulting like how they cut like i remember when um uh tomorrow never dies came out the james bond movie and they had Mm. michelle Yeoh in there right and they've got her doing the thing where she'll run up a wall you know like singing in the rain and land behind (laughs) the guy and kick him and she can really yeah. do that. And like that whole motorcycle sequence. Yeah. She was we've, really hanging on. We've seen her motorcycle. really do that stunt right. by herself in Hong Kong movies. And then it's like nine cuts in the James Bond movie. Right. It's just like, what's the point? No, you're right. Yeah. That, well, that's honest. That's why Mad Max, I think, <coughs> was hit such a nerve because those stunts were it was, for real. I mean, know? George Miller, to me, that's the story of 2015. Oh, absolutely. That he came back out of nowhere in his 60s? Is he 70 yet? Yeah. You know? And did this, you know, amazing action film yeah. that was so fresh and uncompromising and just showed you... And still true to the originals. You know? It, lo- it looks like a better version of... Uh, the Road Warrior, you know, it's like mm-hmm. uh, not not that the Road Warrior was bad. It, it can work as a reboot and it can work as a sequel because it's so yeah. original. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty great. Now let me ask you this: <coughs> If Rip Hunter uh, can travel through time, mm-hmm. he literally can go to the beginning of time and to the end of time, if there is such a thing, to find these heroes. Why does he go to the same year to pick them all up? To cherry pick his... And in the same city. He basically goes to what, the same place in space and time to find these, what, seven different people? And is it... Now, is, it, is that because these seven people are the only ones who are insignificant to history, like they say later on? Because I'll, I'll accept that as the answer to why he picks them up. But then my question is... How much of a coincidence is it that these seven people who, you know, aren't valuable to history already <coughs> know each other and live in the same area and in the same time? Well, it's so convenient as to be. I mean, that, and that's a problem. You know, yes. like you can explain anything you want. Um, and you can say, oh, well, that minimizes the potential ripple effect if they're all coming from the same place. Whereas, you know, but you're okay. saying like you, you know, they are in- insignificant to time, you know, but maybe it's less of a risk if they're all coming from the same well, time. And I would have bought that. Did he say that? He didn't. No, I'm just, okay, I'm, so I'm spitballing. That's what I'm saying. It could have been so, you just solved the whole problem with one line of dialogue. So where was it? Uh, not there. All right. Well, I mean, not, you know, you time, just, time travels I'm messy. Off. It's I'm just crossing the show off my list <laughs> because you just, you just destroyed it. I mean, Nailed like, I, I felt that way at the end of, you know, and I know this is sort of off topic, the end of um, The Force Awakens, 
when mm-hmm. they JJ uh, not, not, uh, Lawrence Kasdan explained how BB-8 like uh, talked to R2-D2 and R2-D2 woke up and they put the map together yeah. of where Luke Skywalker was hiding. The explanation for that is so stupid and convenient and ridiculous. I mean, they've explained it, I guess, okay. but it's just so like... Like, there's some things, you, you got to explain stuff in science fiction. you got to get the DeLorean up to 88 in order for the time travel machine to work. Right. I just buy it. it you know, you well, either buy stuff or you don't, you know? Well, and, and, yes, you buy the premise, you buy the bit. And I also think Star Wars, I mean, people who say Star Wars, do you say Star Wars is sci-fi or science fantasy? I mean, I don't care. You don't care? I, I don't care what the distinction okay. is. See, because I say it's science fantasy, which means certain things you can't explain. That because it's fantasy, you know, it's magic. That's what that's the definition of magic: science that you can't explain. We any anything that that's that could be explained by science, but we just don't know what it is. It's magic. That's called magic, right? Well, I mean, there's certain things that don't date well. Like when the Matrix came out, no one was really you know. It, it seemed dumb to me that the only way that you can leave the Matrix is through going in and out of a landline. Right. I'm just like, really? Why? Yeah. Why can't you just come out every, you know, just because to make it more exciting for the plot so they can race to the, get to this phone. Right. But like cell phones weren't as prominent as they are now. So now it seems really, You're you know, right. dumb. Yeah. And it's a phone booth also. It's not yeah. like, even though it's it, usually, sometimes it's a landline, but it's usually a phone booth, yeah. which just do not exist anywhere anymore. Yeah. Maybe off the freeway in Nevada, but it certainly doesn't work. I mean, so I guess that was a bigger problem for you in Legends of Tomorrow than it was for me. Yeah. I just like, I assume there's some explanation. They're traveling through time. It's a TV show. Mm. It's convenient. You know. Yeah, well, and again, I always give the pilot of a show a lot of latitude because, you know, you're, you're A, you're trying to impress studio execs and people in testing centers, so you're not really making a good show. B, you got to cram all this information in, uh, like especially this one. They had to reintroduce every one of these characters and give them their own little scene. So maybe it'll be better in the second episode, but we'll see. All right, you want to move on? Okay. Okay, let's move on to trivia. Last week's trivia question was about um, a director, because we were talking about the X-Files last week, and David asked, what episode of this show did this one director direct, a famous episode? The answer was The Red Wedding, a.k.a. The Reigns of Castamere, and, uh, you know, Red Wedding, Game mm-hmm. of Thrones. Yep. Um, and it was Tony Flowers. Anthony Flores got that correct once again. Congratulations. <laughs> and I forgot to mention... At the undateable uh, live taping, they gave me a shirt. So uh, if you want an undateable live shirt, it's way too small for me, even though it's a, I don't know, it says it's a large, but this ain't a large. You can wear this, right? I think so. But it would still be a little tight on you. Not that yeah. that's bad. You got yeah. the body for it. But uh, it just says undateable live. So there's, <laughs> there's a new prize. Hey, I've got the body to wear an undateable shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. You're the perfect guy for that because then girls go, oh, you're not undateable. They look Listen. at me wearing that shirt and go, yep. But they look at you and go, you're not undateable. You still got all your hair. You're good looking. You're in shape. And here's my number. That's what they do. Okay. You're still single, right? Uh, I am. See, there you yep. go. That's That shirt is, maybe maybe we talk about it. Yeah, you wear that shirt and you're walking around with your daughter too. That's yep. boom. You, we'll, you, we'll see. You nail it. Okay. All right, so the you, trivia question this week. Tom is a huge nerd, 
and he uh, came up with a good one. I asked him, do you want to come up with a trivia question? Okay. And he sat in silence for five minutes coming up with a good one. So hit us with okay, we, you know, We were watching um, uh, Agent Carter, and yes. we were talking about like all this Marvel stuff. Like, oh, does this reflect to this? And we were getting into Marvel history a lot. Right. And we, we brought up Secret Wars. You know, which is really popular in comic books now, but also there was the twelve-issue mini or maxi series right, right. in the '80s, which I hated. The funny thing is, I was never a comic book guy. I okay. used to spend money on comics when I was little, but that was generally like Casper okay. and bullshit like that. Yeah. But my best friend Jim Bruce was a comic book guy, so I would read his. And Secret Wars was probably the only full thing that I ever read from beginning to end. Right. And then I tried to read the second one, but then realized it was just a. I mean, but, I mean, Super Wars was is huge now, but it was yeah. big in the '80s, and, there it, was, and for good reason. There was it was amazing toys, you know, based, you know, yeah. it said Secret Wars on the the card of right. the action figures that yeah. we're getting. So it had a big impact. And characters that, like, you know, a claw action figure would not exist if it wasn't for Secret Wars, right. you know. Sure. So, so that's why it's a it's special to me, Tom and myself. Okay, and it was drawn by the great artist Mike Zeck. Okay. And uh, there's a very famous cover to the first one, which has a whole bunch of heroes on it. Mm-hmm. A beautiful, beautiful cover. And so my question is, what writer of Seinfeld and Curb Your Enthusiasm owns that cover? Like, <laughs> now when you say owns that cover? Yes. You mean he owns he, the rights he, to it? He owns the original art. He bought oh, it. Oh, okay. So if you recreated it, you wouldn't have to pay him, but he, no, does, but he owns the, the original the, the, one. the one that Mike Zeck drew in the 80s. It's a writer on Seinfeld and what else? Curb Your Enthusiasm. Well, I'm going to guess Larry David. I mean, not Larry David. Larry Charles. Nope. Oh, okay. So write the answer down here. Okay. Don't say it out loud. And uh, fans and listeners can uh, write in and guess what the answer is. And uh, if you know the answer, write to Paul at thekingoftv.com. And you could go home with that undateable shirt if Tom doesn't want it. Um Okay, good Good answer. Good to know. I would have never guessed that. He's a big years. art collector. All right. Okay. Um, and, of course, you can follow me on the Twitter, at Paul Goble Show, and be my friend on Facebook. As you may have heard, Leslie Mann not only unfriended me, but blocked me. Why? Uh, oh, that's a it's an old, old story. Long, long, long time ago, Leslie Mann called me a fucking asshole to my face uh, at the Freaks and Geeks uh, Paley Festival reunion. Uh, and it's an old story uh, that happened a long ago. But now that she's got this shitty movie coming out, she joined Facebook again. Okay. And so, of course, when you go on Facebook, it says people you might know. And because I know so many people in the business, okay. it suggested Rebel Wilson and Leslie Mann, who are both in that movie. Okay. So I friended them, but I saw on Leslie Mann's page, of course, a million people friended her, fans of hers. And she was like writing back, thanks, guys. It's all. It's obviously... Just an effort to promote Pretty the movie. sure. Okay. And so I friended her and she accepted my friend request, which I'm sure she didn't recognize or remember sure. me at all. Just mass accepting at the time. Exactly. So I put on her page, glad we could move past it. <laughs> and she liked it. That was the best part. She liked that comment. And then she changed her mind. Well, I'm sure, again, I'm sure she was just liking everything or her assistant was. Yeah. Liking everything. But then I was also tweeting about it, saying, OMG, I can't believe she did this. And I think I tweeted, I'd like to see the, the demographics on how many people uh, added her as a friend on Facebook versus how many people are going to see that shitty movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Clicking a button is a lot more effort than going to see a shitty Leslie Mann movie. So 
obviously she heard about that and she unfriended me and blocked me. I can't even access her page now. Or her people did. I'm sure her people went, oh, this guy's just being a dick and got rid of me. Wow. But I find it, 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 obviously it's hilarious and I find it funny. But, uh, but uh, who would want to be my friend on Facebook or Twitter anyways? But you can do all that stuff. Uh, and follow me. And you're on the Facebook and the Twitter. Yes. I am. Yes. You want to tell people uh, how to follow you? Uh, my Twitter is uh, J Machinder, J M A C H I N D E R, which is a type of toy that I collect. J- Jumbo Machinder. Yes. Jumbo Machinder. And uh, and tell people about if they want to be your friend on Facebook, they can see your sketchbook. Tell people about that. Oh, I have a theme sketchbook going that I'm doing for my daughter of evil giant robots. And I've been passing it, uh, you know, there's, it started off as one sketchbook. There's now four and I've been uh, mailing it all across the globe and taking it to conventions and getting different artists to draw pages in there. Roughly how many sketches do you have? Over 500. So, and, and all of them are on this Facebook page? Um, it would be under evil giant robots for Miranda. Is the is the Facebook group? So it's a for, group, yeah. yeah. So be Tom's friend, ask to join the group, and you get to see a lot of really amazing sketches from great. Say some of the bigger names who have put a sketch in. Guillermo del Toro did one. There you go. There's a big name. Um, Katsuhiro legit. Otomo is in there. Yes, that one is great. Yeah. Yes, it's legit. It's a legit thing. And if you're a fan, this is something you should check out because it's a big deal. And to, and yeah, every once in a while you still do comics on comics. Comics and comics. And comics, right? Yeah. Uh, every third Saturday in Hypno Comics in Ventura is Ventura. a comics and comics show. So, uh, so all that stuff if you're in, if you're in town. Um, all right. Let's move on to Agent Carter. Yes? Yes. All right. Now, I like this a lot better, but I, I knew I would because I liked the first season sure. so much. Um, I like the look of it, you know, unlike the first show. Unlike Legends of Tomorrow, obviously it's retro, right? And which is easier to do, but still it, really expensive. Yes, no, you know yeah. they're they're not skimping. I mean, even like, wow, that's a really big deal crane shot that they're doing there. Yeah, which you just wouldn't see on TV in the eighties. Yeah. Well, and know? also I noticed that a lot because I we just watched it before and it was my second viewing. I was trying to pay closer attention, but I noticed a lot of the shots are like that. Like a lot of. Uh, you know, shots from uh, the floor or huge crane shots, and the action sequences are really tight. Yeah, like when they're in that vault, yeah, fighting. I like that a lot because it was like in an enclosed space, and it was two chicks, of course. That was super hot. Well, I mean, it's and it's weird. Like you watch something like Mad Men, where everyone's smoking, everyone's saying sexist things. In this, like in the first five minutes, you've got two empowered females fighting right. each other. You know, bossing men around. One of which they've already established is a 100% badass. Yes. Like, she beat the shit out of that tough... They even showed it uh, in the in the previous lease. She beat the shit out of that giant guy with a gun. She's not someone to be... When Chad Michael Murray came in, she instantly made it clear, I could kill you at any moment. Yes. That's so great. Well, I mean, y- yes... But I just feel like you're sort of drinking from the fire hose of political correctness sometimes. Okay. We've got like a differently abled guy in charge of the investigation. Right. Um, and, you know, 10 minutes later, there's an African-American scientist. That was a bit of a stretch. I'll say this. Like, I mean, all of them together, is, the it feels thing. like a little much. Well, because you didn't watch the whole first season, right? I watched. I did not watch it okay. from start to finish. Because they make it clear the dude with the limp is basically the the joke of the office. Okay. And so he's kind of paid his dues to be the head. And then same with 
you know, they did it a little bit in this one, but same with Peggy. Hey, Peggy, we got a lot of work to do. Get us all coffee. That yeah. thing. You got to man the phones. So there's less of that now. It's almost like now they've all paid their dues and we're done with that story. But I agree, in 1947, would there be a black guy in his 20s who is a scientist at a big company? Maybe yeah. he will be a janitor there because he, even though he's a genius, he knows that's the best job he can get. But yeah, I mean, you watch Back to the Future, and there's there's black characters in that, and they're treating them appropriate. They're not being racist, you know. They're just saying, "Wow, a colored mayor—that's a laugh." And like, and he's a busboy at the time. Yeah. But yes, 30, 40 years later, he is the mayor. Perfectly fine. But you're right; it's not racist to go a colored mayor—that's a laugh because that's what. Even non-racist people said that guy who says a colored mayor that's laugh may be commenting on how racist America is. Yes, you know, ten years ago, I you could quote me as saying, "I seriously doubt there will ever be a black president." Yeah, not because I'm racist, yeah. but because I know America is racist. Now, luckily, I was proved wrong. Obviously, yeah. I'm, not, I'm never going to say that again. But but I, I wasn't saying I don't like black people and I won't vote for a black president because I did twice. But yeah, you're right. Uh, uh, they could have easily said, they could have easily explained it. Like, how is a young black man, a scientist at this company, and he's working all by himself, yeah. no oversight, no partners, nothing. And he could just say, oh, my uncle runs a company or, you know, whatever. Oh, they had to hire me because whatever. <laughs> affirmative action. Affirmative action well, in 1947. That? Yeah. Well, that would be funny. Uh, affirmative <laughs> action. What's that? I have no idea, but it got me the job. I would think that was hilarious. Maybe not so, you know, historically correct, but still, it would, at least they're, they're addressing it. Yeah. And I think you're right to not even address it, to just say, because it's like the reverse of whitewashing. They're saying, yes, this didn't happen back then, but we'd like to pretend it did. It's like when they did the uh, new version of that shitty, the Carrie Diaries, the Sex and Sequel, Sex and City prequel. She lives in New York in the uh, 70s and 80s, and there's no Twin Towers anywhere. She walks along the streets of Manhattan, no Twin Towers. And the producer just said, yeah, we didn't want to deal with that. I remember in Rumble in the Bronx... You get to see, which was filmed in Canada, I think. You get to see the mountains of the Bronx in the background. Yes. (laughs) I talk about it many times. My wife, of course, is Canadian. So anytime something shoots in Toronto, she goes, that's my house. There's my school. There's where my first worked. She recognizes all of it. And we were watching, uh, what were we watching this week? Oh, we were watching um, Brooklyn. That's what it was. We went to see Brooklyn because it's shot in Ireland and Brooklyn but also in Toronto, because yeah. there's certain parts, I guess, of Toronto that look like old-school New York. So we're watching it, and obviously the Irish parts are gorgeous green sure. fields and water and stuff. Then she gets off the boat, and we're like, yeah, that looks good. And all of a sudden my wife goes, oh, yeah, that's Bloor Street. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, trying to watch a movie here. Can you not ruin it? But I know that's what I get anytime because they shoot so much shit. In fucking, uh, not just Toronto, but British Columbia and all over. I'm sure we're going to see all of it on the X-Files tonight. We'll see all of Vancouver. Uh, Well, let's talk about what we like about Agent Carter. Because I I actually like She's a great actress. She's Atwell, amazing, right? Great actress. Like, even when she was doing, like, sometimes she's too good. Like, when she was doing the American accent, 
to like pretend to be right? a fan. Like, oh yeah, you're you're really good at this. You can do yes, flawless. Like, like if Jarvis was doing an American accent, he'd do a shitty one. Yes, you would just expect it. She, no hint. Like she could easily pass for American. Uh, yeah, it wasn't even a, a, a question. It, and of course, she's she's gorgeous. She looks great in those costumes. Her hair is amazing. Yeah. But I think it's almost like it's refreshing that on top of all that stuff, it's her acting that is the best part. Um, yeah, you know what I mean. Unlike, like I said, like these other shows I mentioned, Quantico and Blind Spot, where these actresses are good, but mm-hmm. let's be honest, they're not as talented as they are hot. Yeah. I think Haley Atwell is is certainly beautiful, but I think she's much more talented than she is beautiful. You know, and she's got to carry most of the scenes. Right. You it's, know? it's her show. It is named after her, so she should be in every scene, yeah. And and she's great. And I like that they've expanded Jarvis's character, too, in this one, because he, I didn't know he had a wife. She wasn't even in the first series, at least not that I remember. But I like that they brought her in, and she's an interesting character. And that yeah. always works when you've got, like, uh, you know, because she, like, does the thing with her finger, saying, Jarvis, come over here. And right. then she smooches him to make Peggy feel uncomfortable, but just to be sexual. Right. And it's making him feel uncomfortable. That oh, yeah, always works. That yes. always works. Like, <laughs> as, as, like, drama. Like, you know how I'm saying, like, arguing is sort of bad drama? Yeah. Or fake drama? Like that, like I remember there was a, a scene uh, in, um, what was the movie, uh, uh, was it Dharma and Greg, where, where you got, one of them's gay. Um, one of the characters? Yes, one of the two leads. Oh, I see what you're saying. Uh, one of the actors is gay? No, 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 one of the characters. Well, not on Dharma no, and no, Greg. Not Dharma and Greg, it's like a man and a woman, like the Will man's gay. What, Will and Grace, that's okay. it. That, yeah. that's, I'm getting mixed up. I'm not too <laughs> much. Right. Yeah. Okay, Will and Grace, there was the episode where Matt Damon is uh, guest starring. Oh, and he's he is pretending to be, to be gay. gay right. And she's hitting on him because he's gay. And he's just like, yeah, I don't care about you and your rocking ass because I'm gay. <laughs> like, that yeah. always works. Yeah. Like, I will say the Chuck and Larry movie, Adam Sandler one. Sure. Is one of the, my, my, one of the my more favorite Sandler movies, which is odd to say because most of them are terrible, but that's one of the better ones, I think, because of that that scene with him and Jessica Biel is like, funny. Like the faux sexual come on mm. is like, there was, what was the ice skating movie with John Heater and Will Ferrell? Oh, Blades of Glory. Blades of Glory. Like there's a scene where like they're, they're like opposing sides... Like, uh, John Heater's, like, on the phone mm-hmm. with their enemy's, like, assistant. And they both want secret information about each other. So they're saying, like, uh, you know, be sexual. Like, make it happen uh, so that we can get this information. And they're giving advice on the phone. Right. That was a hilarious scene. <laughs> That's Jenna Fisher, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, it, it works. It's, it's, this show, again, it's not the greatest show. But unlike Legends of Tomorrow, they put work in everything. It looks great. It's shot well. I like the action sequences. It wasn't over-the-top action sequences, but there were good good special effects with yeah. the freezing and all that and shooting the and guy. And good special effects in Legends of Tomorrow. Yes. Uh, I mean, those people work hard, and when they do good work, you know, you need to, like, recognize yes. it. I mean, good stuff. But in, but in on Agent Carter, it all, it all fit together well, and it wasn't too much. And unlike the first season, now they're telling two stories. New York they, and L.A. Yeah, they got and and they're they're even though they're tenuously connected, they're basically like in L.A. It's hey, let's find out what's going on. Whereas in New York, it's more 
that's more the historical is are they are they going to turn that into shield like what was going on with Kurtwood Smith and Chad Michael Murray there he said I understand the war's over we're probably going to fold this agency because it doesn't exist now or in the future uh world where shield yeah where shield is so is he is he going to start his own agency at the end of the season that uh, will we know is going to become shield I mean, whatever the writers decide is the short answer for I that. always wonder, though, because, again, because I don't read the comics, I always wonder if I'm missing something. When I watch something, I go... Because, like, on, on S.H.I.E.L.D. this year, on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. this year, they went to that planet, and I thought, is this Ego, the living planet? Yeah. And I looked it up. <laughs> and some people were like, I think they're on Ego. But then, like, a, an episode later, they made it clear that it was not Ego. <laughs> but, like, I have such a tenuous connection to the comics and sometimes i'll see shit and go is that that thing and i'll be remembering it completely wrong um but every once in a while you know you hear oh thor's a, a girl now or thor's a frog now you know yeah. like, oh i remember when thor was a frog because <laughs> they did that as an episode of uh ultimate spider-man on disney xd where okay. loki turned thor into a frog right. and i was like right on i remember that episode i remember that issue it's a worthy frog yeah, that's right. He he, yeah. he could barely because he turned him into a regular frog, but then since he was still Thor, he was able to lift the hammer, and then he was the yeah the I'll, Thor version. And of I'll the tell frog. you, like uh, there were things that I didn't care about for Age of Ultron, but like setting up the lifting cool. up the hammer scene, that you was know, the best. It, just if that was the whole movie, I would have been happy. And then when you've got the the vision, you know, is created, and we're just like, what? They're going to trust this guy who's just created to be part of their superhero team. Are you, you know, where does that trust come from? And he's just like, he's lifting up the hammer. Done. You know, my judgment, right. not relevant. <laughs> yeah. You know? Okay. Yeah. It's like, well, we let the, this girl in who by her own admission has done horrible things right. in her life. So I guess this robot who can live a hand, lift a hammer. I mean, I'm a big fan good. of efficient storytelling, you yeah. know, and when you can do that, um, it's did great. You, did you watch Jessica Jones on Netflix? I haven't yet. The best origin story ever. She's having drinks with Luke Cage. It's after they've discovered that the two of them are very powerful and whatever, and they've already had sex. And they're sitting together, and he goes, so how'd it happen? She goes, accident. And he goes, experiment. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Done. Yeah. And, and it's like, okay, if you want to know more, Google it. Yeah. It's all the information's there. You don't even have to spend a dime to find out how they both got their powers. But more importantly, who gives a fuck? That's the point. It's not about that. It's about what's going to happen next. And that's yeah, that's, I mean, that's how I feel. Or That's, I think, the key to where Marvel and Disney are succeeding and DC and Warner Brothers are failing. Well, DC... You know, you, you got to stop and say their their animated shows are incredible. Yeah, you know, and they have you're, been you're since right. the '90s. You know, and better than the, uh, we've talked about this before. Avengers Assemble cartoon, Guardians of Galaxy cartoon. Yeah, they're no good. I didn't like any of them. The X Men cartoon, no thank you. Whereas, pretty much across the board, Young Justice, Justice League, Justice League uh, Unlimited, Unlimited, f- and. F- Amazing. Batman the Brave and the Bold. Love Jesus. It. We used to talk about, Tom and I used to talk about Brave and the Bold all the time when it was on. Whenever we'd see each other, we would talk about the best episode. Like, I want to know, aired. what was your reaction when they had the, the, the Space Ghost cold opening? For I, Wow. It, it blew my mind. I was honestly speechless. Wow, what I, I was mad because I, I was like, I have to talk to someone about this. But I knew... Anyone who would understand why it was great had already seen it. 
Yeah. So there's no point in telling anyone. Because I was like, I can't tell my wife. I can't tell my kids. I can't. Maybe I could explain it to Jim Bruce who would go, oh, I wasn't really a DC guy. But nobody would, would find it cool except me and anyone who would has already seen it. And it's I Gary Owens stuff. again. Yep. You know, he was still doing the voice. It was, it was yeah. just like a great moment in TV. And then uh, the the final episode of oh, The Bold. With Batmite and Jump the Shark? Brilliant. Oh, well, I mean, for screenwriting. Or you just, like, just the script itself. Yes. Yeah, there has never been a better commentary on, like, cartoons and marketing and, and how they all go together. Uh, I've never seen a better, funnier, But it's still Batman. Yep. The character throughout that whole series is still being Batman. On top of everything else. Yeah, he's not the corny. It's it's as funny and well-written as that show is, he's still the more serious than Batman from the TV series. Yes. You know what I mean? It's not a joke. And We want to get the bad guys and and bring them to justice. And and unlike the Fox series, which was great, all of them, I love Fox and, and the WB, they never... They never changed it up. It was like, okay, now Robin's on this season. Yeah. And now Batgirl's on this season. Right. It was always him and one or maybe two other people. Yeah. That was the, it was, uh, that was the show. It was Batman and Brave and the Bold. And, and as much as I miss it, I can appreciate that they wrapped it up when they yes. thought, absolutely. Done. Yep. We did it. They did everything they needed to it do. Was, it was a great show. That, go back and watch. Well, now I don't know if I should close this show with the theme to... Batman the Brave and the Bold, or the theme to Welcome to Eltingville. They're both great songs, but they're very different. Yeah. Uh, uh, maybe I'll play them both. I'll play them both at the same time. Won't everybody love to hear Split that? Split screen, like uh, like the 70s. Yeah. Like, you could, Or maybe it's a pick-your-own-adventure. Yeah. At the end of this, you choose which song you want to hear. Um, all right, so uh, le- what's the verdict? I'm going to watch the second episode of Legends of Tomorrow. If it gets better, I'll keep up. If not, I'll drop it. I, I will probably are- read your... Uh, tweets about it and make my okay. decision based on your tweets. Which, like most people do, all smart people do. Agent Carter, I was already a fan of, so I'm going to stick with it. But here's the good thing about Agent Carter is if you miss the first season, it's mm-hmm. only like eight episodes, yeah. right? So just go back, watch it, and then watch this one because I think this one's going to be better. Um, do you watch Person of Interest? I don't. No. I, I can't stop talking about that show because I'm watching it on Netflix now. I like it, but there's how many shows do you watch? Oh man, you have no <laughs> idea. That's why I don't work. I don't have a, a job or a life. The thing about person of interest is the the premise is he built this machine that sees everything and you know you it accesses every camera and phone line and whatever. Um, uh, but it communicates with them through pay phones, and they live in New York. Okay, are there still pay phones in New York? I know there's no phone booths. But it's like constantly they're walking down the street. Ring, ring, ring. Oh, let me grab this. Hello. We're trying to get into the Matrix. (laughs) Bring it back. All right. Well, let me know, anybody who watches this show, your opinions on that. All right. So uh, next week, I picked a show to watch. David, uh, he never got back to me. Um, But I want to watch Lucifer next week because it looks terrible. And uh, I like to watch shows that are terrible so I can complain about them. Or if they actually are good, I like to be the first guy to go, this show's actually good. But I'm going to watch that, and I'll, I'll tweet you later what David wants to watch. Um, anything else you want to uh, want people to know about about you, Tom? Did I forget anything? Sketchbook? Sketchfighter? Sketchfighter, February 3rd. That's February 3rd, Sketchfighter. Comics and comics? Yep. Anything else? That's it. All right. So what should people do? 
Uh, follow me on Facebook. Follow, you know, you can follow Sketch underscore Fighter on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, and we take live tweets for uh, clue suggestions during the oh, game. That's fun. So uh, we're, we're going to be live streaming it. I, um, and I'll, I'll post the URL on the uh, Twitter. And if page. something happens and they can't watch the live stream, what should they do? Um, well, there will be a video link yes. to the actual episode. Oh. Yeah. Once... It's filmed, and, you know, we put it up on the Twitter. And then if they can't watch that, what should they do? Get a computer? And if they can't get a computer, what should they do? Watch this. (laughs) 